Welcome to episode 18 of the Adventuring for Mere Mortals podcast. It's your favorite co-host, Kyle and Trevor, and this month we're joined by Zach Darden, a former park ranger for the City of Albuquerque Open Spaces. Zach is also one of the hundred subjects that is going to be featured in the All Humans Outside project that former guest Tommy Twerk Corey is currently working on. Trevor, take it away. Well, uh, this month on the podcast... We have Zach Darden. He is, he was human number 11 in a previous guest, Tommy Twerk Corey, his uh, photo project, uh, All Humans Outside. That's episode 11, if anybody wants to go back and listen to that one. Um, He, uh, inadvertently, we keep having people on the podcast that were originally from the Midwest and then moved (laughs) somewhere else. So we've got another one of those. So uh, Zach is from around the Indianapolis area. And he was also a former park ranger for the city of Albuquerque open spaces. So as soon as I saw that, when he came up on all of Twerk's Instagram posts, I was like, nope, we got to get this guy on. (laughs) So I think, yeah, I think we're gonna have a great episode. Uh, So yeah, Zach, just tell us a little bit bit about yourself because you'll do way better than I will. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, of course. So like you said before, originally from Indianapolis, Indiana, um, I've actually moved out to New Mexico the first time when I was around probably 11 years old, stayed here until I started high school, went back to Indiana, then came back to New Mexico when I got midway through college just because I missed the Southwest. I like the mountains, the openness, the people, mm-hmm. the food, everything about it. It's just, it just uh, kind of called me to come back. And um, obviously, like you said, I was a park ranger and just an avid outdoors enthusiast, like I scuba dive, uh, oh, nice. tend to do a bit of dirt biking and four-wheeling, I hunt and fish, so that's another big part of me. Um, I actually am living right now in my off-grid home that I built, which is something that I'm pretty proud of. I mean, it still has a little bit of things to get kind of worked on, but proud of it. And yeah, I love meeting people. That's one thing that I'm really passionate about doing is just meeting people and conversating and kind of like seeing what people's cultures and their backgrounds are like, and just kind of sharing mine as well. Awesome. That's the perfect kind of, uh, way to be to be on a podcast so <laughs> right on <laughs> so uh yeah let's like we do, normally do our little catch-up and yeah kyle we don't talk as much as we should outside of this <laughs> no because you live on a boat half the time yeah yeah exactly <laughs> i'm on a boat half the time but kyle what have you been up to <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> uh training for ragbri uh but that has abruptly come to a halt um i had a Pretty bad wreck over the weekend, uh, covered in road rash and, and everything. Luckily, no broken bones that I know of, <laughs> but it was spectacular and there's no one around to see it. So, <laughs> uh, but other than that, uh, exploring the local state park around here, uh, Gifford Pinchot, it's an eight mile loop around the lake. I've done different sections of it at different points in time really nice uh they got a swimming hole so i'm gonna go check that out at some point uh been trying to plan kayak trips getting out in the river spending time on the water the water levels dropping around here just like everywhere else we're we're kind of in a drought but it's raining right now temperatures are getting lower so that's that's been nice um went back to illinois so hung out with the family uh went to a cardinals baseball game and then uh yeah did the trek back yeah, pretty much. It was been it's been riding my bike and uh, and not trying to crash. What about you, Trev? <laughs> you've been you've been out for work for a bit. Yeah. So yeah. So I work out on a boat in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico, and I've been having to go out more than I usually do. Um, this time I was out there for my two my full two weeks. So that was it was it feels like really a long time. It turns into Groundhog Day. Every day is the okay. same. <laughs> for 14 days and it Ooh. makes training for rag right hard so uh so i just kind of anytime i go to the gym luckily we have a gym on the boat but i just get on one of the stationary bikes and i just crank up the resistance and just pedal and try not 
I'll try to make myself hurt a little bit. Um, but yeah, so now that I'm back home for a bit, at least for these two weeks, I'm going to try to get some, some nice long rides in. I've got some planned out and I think I'm going to go one on, on one tomorrow, but, but yeah, just a lot like work's been crazy because we got some people on my team that are doing things, uh, expat things all over the globe. So I'm left to pick up the slack because I'm, (laughs) I'm staying domestic currently. But I did have one crazy, I don't know, it sucked in the moment when it happened. So I had a travel snafu that ended up being interesting now that I look back at it now. So there was, so when, when I'm on the boat, we take a helicopter off the boat to get on the land. And through all of my travel issues, I think I traveled on almost every form of transportation except for like a tuk-tuk. But <laughs> so I took a helicopter from the boat to land. Then I took like an SUV to the airport airport. I took a plane. So I missed my connecting flight due to weather and I had them redirect me to Chicago just so I could get close to home. But then I took a regional train to get to the Amtrak station. Then I took Amtrak to home. So it was a long drawn out process, but I think I used pretty much every type of transportation available to me to get back in a, in slightly faster than I would have, if I would have just waited on another flight, but I wanted to get home. So that's yeah that's crazy <laughs> it, it really sucked in the moment and i was very sleep yeah. deprived but you know, looking back it's like oh cool i used all the different public transportation possible yeah that's really cool but crazy but, at the same time i'm glad you made it home yeah it was it was an ordeal everybody was waiting for me but whatever <laughs> that's part of the job but yeah zach what have you been up to man oh kind of just living out the summer right now yeah i actually have a boat trip planned for this weekend which is going to be pretty cool like yeah, me and a couple of friends and my girlfriend we reserved a boat up in this lake called Navajo Lake, which is up in northern New Mexico. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna do that a little bit. Um, been four wheeling a lot. I've actually found this like really cool area that's kind of like behind my property. It's like a really open area. It kind of looks like the Great Plains almost, but like a New Mexican version of that with like the cactus and <laughs> the juniper oh, nice. trees and stuff kind of dotted here. So I've been kind of just riding, exploring right there like recently. Um really just been doing a lot of landscaping work it's like i've been trying to like utilize my time in the summer when it's not freezing and or mm-hmm. super windy during the windy season just like putting gravel down plant some grass plant a couple of trees um been doing a little bit of traveling too yeah i was actually in indiana last week and then i'm planning on going to california here in another probably three or four weeks and then we're hoping to get to washington right after that so yeah you're kind of just going back and forth and seeing family in different places and whatnot has been kind of cool but um yeah i would say mainly just kind of just hanging out just doing stuff in the summer like seeing friends kind of experiencing new 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 parts of life so it's been it's been fun awesome how many acres do you have out there just one right now yeah i want to maybe get more but it's like at the time i'm like i, I could only afford the one when i got it and it's like um i didn't want to get more than i could shoot like basically because even just with yeah. this one acre it's like I have like half of it developed and there's like still another half on the end. That's kind of just like not really anything there. So it's like, <laughs> once I kind of get this part finished off in the front, then it's like, I'll start kind of migrating my way backwards. And once that's done, then I want to kind of expand from there, hopefully. So yeah, it's about time to get into our, uh, our main topic, which I think is going to focus a lot of on like Zach's work as a park ranger, but I'm sure I'll go on some tangents as well, but I think, <laughs> We like to start out with a question. I we ask most people like, "How were you introduced to the outdoors, and how did you how did you gain that love of the outdoors?" Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. So, um, mainly, I would say like my dad was the first real introduction to the outdoors. So, like when I was like a kid living in Indiana, like he like signed us up to like a DNR program for like hunter's education when I was like I think I was around seven or eight years old. And took that course, got my like hunter's education. So he, he took us hunting. And then like we went way out in the woods. I think we were in like some area called like Putnamville or something in way rural Indiana. And I just like thought how cool it was. I was like, wow, like where's all these like trees? There's like a stream, there's all these animals. And like I like fell in love with it. And then um actually right behind our house too, we kind of had a little like not really big patch of forest, but just a kind of small little kind of um area about the creek that ran through it. So me and my brother were like always just back there like playing or just kind of like catching the little minnows that would be in the mm-hmm. creek or just kind of making little clubhouses and we were just always back there playing but um 
I would say definitely my dad's probably the biggest thing that got me first introduced here, like with the hunting, the fishing. Uh, he like would always take us on camping trips. So I like fell in love with it there. And then uh, obviously you guys probably noticed too, since you're from the Midwest, but like Tennessee is not too far from us. Mm-hmm. So we'd always take trips to like the great smoky mountains and just, yeah, it was always just super fun. Like I always had an amazing time with that. Yeah. A lot of people in the Midwest, we've even had a couple people on, on this podcast where the smoky mountains are is like the first national park they go to <laughs> everybody, everybody cool. just falls in love with it as soon as they, yeah, as soon as they go to the smoky mountains yeah no i love it and same with like florida too florida is not like too too far away from us so we yeah. spend a lot of time like going back and forth from there so i think that's what really got my love for like the water like diving and mm-hmm. swimming and boating and all that kind of shenanigans no, that's really great. And, and like when you saying you were building forts and clubhouses, it's <laughs> weird that like, it seems like maybe that maybe it's just a boy thing, but I'm sure there are girls that do it too. That <laughs> like kids aren't talking to each other about like wanting to do that. That's just what they go out there yeah. and do. Cause me and my brother did the exact same thing. Like <laughs> just like it's grabbing whatever sticks and leaning up, up, up against stuff yeah. to make our fort. And like, I don't know. It's, Maybe it's something like genetic. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) They just get drawn to the wilderness or something. Yeah. (laughs) That's cool. So eventually you that love continued to grow and you decided to become a park ranger. So I guess how did, how did you just, yeah. How did you move towards becoming a park ranger? And then we'll kind of get into what you did as a park ranger too. Yeah. 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 So, um, when I first moved back to New Mexico, like that was like part of my like goal was like to get into like something conservation related. Like I just mm-hmm. always like being outdoors and I was like, you know what, it'd be kind of cool to like get paid doing something outside. So um, I found this program called Rocky Mountain Youth Corps, which is like, it's actually part of the AmeriCorps program. Mm-hmm. And I did like a couple seasons with them and we actually were partnering with like a lot of different agencies, like the Forest Service and Game and Fish, um, Open Space, like the one I worked for. Uh, so it's just all these different agencies. And then like when I was um, partnering with open space one time, like, I guess they had a guy that was like leaving and he was a part-time guy. Like it wasn't even actually for like a ranger position. It was more for like just park maintenance kind of stuff like that. And um, they asked me, they're like, Hey, like we have this position opening up. It's only part-time. Uh, Cause I was in college at the time. So I was like, well, you know what? Like that would actually work in my favor. It's like, I could still finish mm-hmm. out school and still be like kind of getting my foot more into the door, like with their division. So that's what I did. Like I took the position, worked that one for probably about a year and a half. And then like the park ranger position actually had opened up. And it's like, even though I wasn't like finished with school yet, like they knew I was like midway through it. I already had done good work with them. So like, they were like, Hey, like this position's opening up. Like, I, I mean, obviously technically you kind of need like a degree for it, but like you're kind of getting close to your degree. Like we can kind of pull some strings. Let's just, or do you want to go for it? So, I mean, I mean, it wasn't even a question. Like I just jumped right in and then um, the, the whole hiring process was a mess. It took like probably seven months before I was actually able to wow. even start. So yeah, it's like <laughs> once I finally started, yeah, it's just, I got on the ground running and fell in love with it. Well, now we know how they drug it out. Yeah. HR. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, I don't know what it is about city state or just any federal thing. Like they just take their sweet time with anything. So yeah. But I mean, I was happy. Like, I mean, once it was, it was worth the wait. Like it's all I can say. Awesome. So before we really jump in to all the things you did, like let's kind of, I think it's probably a good idea to explain like the roles, responsibilities of a park rangers. Cause yeah. Who, who knows if people yeah, yeah. are very aware of what they yeah. actually do. Yeah, yeah, of course. So basically, at least like in a division that I worked for, they were like kind of like two different kind of rangers. They were like the um, law enforcement rangers, which obviously like their name defines them. Like they would be enforcing mm-hmm. laws and writing tickets and doing all this kind of stuff. And whereas my side was more of like the conservation ranger side of things, where so it's like what I was doing was like patrolling the trails, like making sure that like there weren't like animals in the trail like so sometimes i'd have to move like snakes out the road and or out the trail and different things like that i was always making sure like the trails were up kept so like if there was like after a huge like storm sometimes the trails would start eroding or there'd be brush or trees that had been down so like that was like part of my job was to remove that and then really just like the educating side of things too like there were people that were coming like all around the world to like these parks and so it's like i was having to like teach them like okay this is not germany like this is new mexico <laughs> like maybe you should like bring more water with you or um 
telling kids like, Hey, if you see like uh, a tarantula, don't go and just pick it up or teaching people about like kind of staying away from like just some of the bigger wildlife. Like we had like mountain lions and bear and different things in the area. Mm -hmm. So I was like telling people about that. Um, I was doing maps. So like, I remember like I had went out on a um, lot of these trail projects where we'd be mapping like new areas. So we do um, these, we have a couple of tools. We'd have like clinometers, which are basically which measure like the grade and like the angle Mm -hmm. of like the land. And we'd have like GPSs and we have like a little GIS system that we go out there and we just kind of like map out an area, kind of plan it, like strategically kind of go through and just see like, okay, like this trail is like in a really sand or just like, is a really sandy area. Like how can we work the land? So it's not going to just erode completely in three months. Or it's mm-hmm. like, if the area is like super, super rocky, like, okay, well, how can we build a trail with this? Um, without that falling apart. So a lot of planning work, like definitely with them. And I would say like the last thing was, um, let's see, probably just kind of just maintenance stuff too. I mean, but there were some days where it's like, I was, rescuing people from the side of the mountain and there was other times where i was just changing trash bags so kind of it just the role never really like had a definite like this is what you're going to be doing it just almost was kind of like what needed to be done we just did it whenever the time we i always called myself like the janitor of the mountains like whatever needed to be done i was there and doing it so yeah <laughs> so yeah it was it was it was fun well that's good like yeah, yeah. Keeps you on your toes. You don't get bored. You're doing something different every day. So that's exactly. Good. Yeah, exactly. So you've done a, a diverse number of things as a park ranger, <laughs> but what was your favorite thing that you've ever done? I'd say favorite thing. So is it okay if I do like two? Because there's like two that oh, are like tied right As many now. as you want. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'd say number one definitely was like, so um, so the state police of New Mexico would always come up and train like in our area. And like they had like this huge helicopter that they'd come in. And they do like grapple training where they like lower huge like rope and they like raise people up on and fly them all around like the mountain and stuff. And so they, they were more like doing like rescue operations trainings mm-hmm. just for obviously people that were hurt or lost or whatever. So like um, I would always like gain them access to the park. Like I would like be like, hey, this is your spot you can train at, whatever. And we just talk. And then like I would usually just like watch them. But then like after they're like two or three months of coming they were like hey like do you want to be a part of our training and i was like well i don't know any like thing about a helicopter but i'm like sure so um <laughs> yeah they um they hooked me up in the harness and everything and like i was basically like their test dummy so like they like raised me up and like flew me around the mountain and everything wow. and then just kind of like landed me on the side of a ridge and i was like supposed to be like hurt and then mm. like the guys like picked me up and put me in this little like basket thing and the basket basically like raised me back up into the helicopter and flew me around so that, that was super, super cool. Like, yeah. I, I think that was, like, one of my number one favorite favorite time was working yeah. with them. And then I'd say number two was – um, so, like, we managed over an area called the Bosque, which is, like, the or the forest that runs along the river. Mm-hmm. And, like, there were a lot of fire boats that would come through there. And, like, the, I'm sure you've seen them if you live in Louisiana, Kyle. But, um, like, the big, like, the big fan boats yeah, that you yeah. see, like, just oh, kind of yeah. going around the swamps and whatnot, like, the fire crews would use those. So, like – they were patrolling around and everything. And like, they saw me just kind of walking the trails and checking things out. And they were like, yeah, like, do you want to like come on board the boat and cruise with us? And I was like, yeah, I mean, shoot, like I'm just changing, picking up trash. Like I'd rather do that than this. So, <laughs> yeah, I hopped, so I hopped on board and like, I like cruised with them like through the river and like, it, it was just a super cool thing. I mean, I, I don't think like if I wasn't in that role, I would have ever had that opportunity to open up to me. So those two were probably, I mean, and there's many highlights just along the, along the way so i don't want to just talk about a million things forever but those those two <laughs> stuck out the most no those are really See why cool. they stick out yeah it yeah. was on my bucket list to fly in a helicopter um, it was great i mean i recommend it it's kind of scary but it, no it's 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 badass i loved it that's awesome so were there those are like your favorite things were there any like horror stories or crazy things <laughs> that you've had to deal with yeah so i noticed what there was a, a time where um there was some guy and he was, he was like an, an older guy. I think he was in his seventies and he had just had knee surgery mm-hmm. and he was not supposed to be, I guess, going within a certain range. Like he wasn't supposed to really be doing much, much physical activity at all. But for whatever reason, like there's this guy decided like he wanted to hike one of our trails called the Pino trail, which like that trail, it starts from the bottom of the mountain and it takes you all the way to the crest. So it's like an eight mile trail, like straight uphill. And it takes you from like 6,000 to 10,000 feet. But anyways, like, the guy went up the trail and like 
then his knee that he had just got surgery on went like out of place. So then he got like stuck on like a ridge line. And um I'm not sure like how he called the alert or whatever, but he called like the 911 and then they reached out to all our office and they were like, Hey, we have a hiker that's stuck on the Pino trail. Like we need to come come up and like find him. But then like the EMTs got there and they didn't even know where like the Pino trail was. So then like I was had to like lead him up the side of the mountain. So we started hiking up this trail and it was, and this was in like February. So it's still a lot of snow on the ground. It's windy. It's cold. It's just miserable. So then we finally get him and it's like, yeah, his knees all out of place and he's shivering and just like, looks just horrible. And we put him in this like, kind of, it's like a, I, I would describe it as like a basket, but it has like this big, like off-roading, like all-terrain tire on the bottom of it. Yeah, like, it's, it's a big a, wheel. Yeah. Big wheel. Yeah, exactly. So um, we put him inside of that. But the EMTs that had, like, came up with me, like, they didn't have, like, hiking boots on. They didn't have equipment. They didn't have anything. Like, they came up just in their normal EMT outfits. So they were sliding up and down the mountain. And it's like the guy was shifting this way and that way. And and by the time we got him back down, it's like the park was basically closing and the sun was going down. So it was freezing. And it was just a miserable experience. I mean, I was happy we were able to get him. But it was just miserable for me and him and the EMTs and just trying to like tell people we're like, Hey, we're carrying a guy down, like get, get out the way. And like they're on with their headphones in jogging or doing whatever, <laughs> not paying attention like that. That just kind of sucked. And then like another time was like versing from the cold. Like this actually kind of happened this time of year, like around June where um, these teenagers that went way up the side of one of our canyons called um, Embedido Canyon. And they graffiti like over just all these rocks. Like they put like, I love Albuquerque all over the rocks but it was like in huge letters like probably the size of like a small car and then like um with the way we had to get graffiti off is like we had these huge water packs with like all these chemicals mixed in it mm-hmm. and it's like we have to hike basically up the side of the mountain and like take these brushes and scrub it and then spray it off so it's like 97 outside i have this giant pack on and like i'm basically like rock climbing getting up to the side of this mountain just to get all the way up there to realize that like half the chemicals like spilled out. So like we got all the way up there, got <laughs> half of it off. And then it was still like a bit, there's probably a big portion of it up there still to this day. Cause like, I, I was like, I'm not doing this again. Like this is a, a one time, a one time. You have to yeah. hire somebody else to do it, do it again. <laughs> so, but then, those, those two times were, were just miserable. And it's just like, I don't know. I'm like, I, I'd be much happier if he just would have spray paint over a Smokey the Bear sign or something on the ground yeah. versus on the side yeah. of a canyon. <laughs> so, yeah, those signs suck, but no, there, so, there, there's too many goods to be bad. So, I don't know. Yeah, I guess, I guess the, the takeaway is like, it's not all daisies and roses or whatever, yeah. that, whatever <laughs> that sunshine and daisies or yeah. whatever that phrase is. Yeah, 100% not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because so, a lot yeah. of people would come in the parks and they'd be like, hey, like, you have my dream job. And I was like, yeah, there's some dreamy parts about it, but I don't think you realize how yeah. the hell that we have to go through all the time. It's like people even trash places or especially the graffiti or sometimes there's a guy who crashed his truck through one of our fence lines, and like tore up a whole bunch of trails. So yeah, I was like, yeah, they don't tell you about all that side of things like mm-hmm. with the yeah. park ranger thing, but then it's like when you're in it, you're just in it. <laughs> Cleaning vault toilets that look like yeah. someone exploded in it. It's like, how? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bring in the pressure washer. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't even tell you how many toilets I've walked into, and I'm like, how did this even happen? Like, it's like, <laughs> I was like, good God. Or same with like after weddings and stuff, and people would like be busting bottles or just drunk, uh, like falling out, and it's like just oh my God. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of strangeness that would happen up there. That's something we can kind of go into if you wanted yeah. <laughs> to like make a statement that you could tell people that we're going to recreate in these parks, what would you tell them if you had like this platform to tell people? I would just say, number one, like use the thing that's in between your skull and look on your brain. Cause there's so many people that like, they, as soon as they hit the trail, it's like their brain would just shut off. And like, they don't think like when they're doing something like, Hey, there's a rattlesnake in a row. Like maybe I shouldn't like step completely over and get bit or like, Hey, like there's cactus in the area. Like you might get poked if you run into them. So just like, just common sense thinking is number one. And also like, just like check your surroundings and check your weather too. Yeah. Cause some people like it'd be, there'd be a blizzard on the way and they're like, Hey, I'm about to go start like an eight mile hike. And I was like, Hey, there's like a blizzard that's like coming in in one hour. Like you probably shouldn't do that. And they're like, oh, it's not good. It's going to pass. It'll be whatever. And the next thing they're, I, I know, like, we're calling a rescue crew out for them. <laughs> or um, I would say number one, or just bringing what you need, like water, flashlight, um, 
food, just whatever you think you're going to need. Cause yeah, there'd be, like I said, people that were coming from a, like across the world that'd be coming to like a desert, like in New Mexico and not bring any water at all. And then wonder water, like faces like turning all pale and like they're seeing loot, like <laughs> colors and stuff and they're kind of passing out. So I would say number one, use your brain. Number two, like check your surroundings, check your weather. And number three, just be prepared. Like just bring anything and like, it's better to have it, not need it than to need it, not have it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And keep your clothes on. Yeah, don't run around naked. Like, that's just, yeah. <laughs> the sun that's is very dirt. intense. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so you said yeah, that yeah. you, uh, you whenever we first got started, that you built an off-grid house. I did indeed. Actually, I built two of them. This is actually my newest one I'm sitting in right now. So that has been its own adventure of its own. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm assuming you're in the desert, probably on solar. I am. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we, we have a, um, basically most, all of our utilities are actually ran on solar except for just like the, the heating elements. So like the, mm-hmm. obviously we have, we have like a gas heater for just when we don't want to burn a wood stove and then we have like a shower heater, sink heater. So all the heating components are on like gas, mm-hmm. but yeah, all the like appliances, like the, uh, like the what am I trying to say? The refrigerator, the lights, the TV, like all of those basic appliances are on solar, which is really cool. So it's like I don't really have an electric bill, except for like it's when really the nice. gas and stuff needs to get like refilled or whatever like that. So mm-hmm. it's kind of kind of a nice nice little thing. And then um, I'd say the one thing about it that's like I love is the number one. It's like yeah, I don't have really bills, but it's like the number two thing is like yeah, it's kind of like sucks if something stops working. Then I'm like, oh, like, okay, I can't call like the electrical company and be like, hey, yeah. like my power messed up. Like, can you come fix it? So People it's, are like, the electric down. company. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I'm the electric, the water, the whatever company. So it's like, I, when something messes up, it's like it comes down to like, even right now, it's like our shower pump went out yesterday. And like, I like went around to like so many different stores today, like the Harbor Freight and Lowe's and Home Depot, like looking for a new pump. And there was just like none anywhere. So it's like, yeah, I have to wait like till I guess Sunday before our shower uh-huh. pump comes. So I'm after like running the town and just like shower the gym for now. Well, I mean, we're going to be on the boat trip this weekend. So yeah. won't really matter, but at least for the next couple of days, if that doesn't get here by Sunday, then I have to do that. So little things like that kind of get annoying. And plus the gnats, the gnats are terrible this time oh, of year yeah. too. So yeah. yeah, as soon as you step when, outside, they're just everywhere. Yeah. When the, when the winds stop, the bugs come yeah. in and start harassing yeah. you. Did you build a I've, tiny house? Uh, yeah. Yeah. An earth so, chip or. So, so basically what I did is like, um, there's a company that's here in New Mexico called uh, Weather King. Actually, I guess they're, I think it might be nationwide. And they build these like kind of um, pre-built cabins, but they're basically just like the shell of the cabin. Like they don't have like anything in them. They're just a shell, like with windows and a door and whatever. So I basically like got two of those, like got them delivered to the property. Like we put the foundation, everything down. And then it's like from there, like we just started converting like the interior, like so like running the like electrical and the plumbing and all of that kind of whatnot and putting the drywall on, like all that kind of stuff. And then um from there it's like it just turned into a yeah, functional tiny home. So each house is about maybe four hundred square feet, maybe four ten to be exact. So yeah, it's like with them combined now, it's like about eight hundred and twenty feet somewhat like a mm-hmm. living space so not like a, a mansion or nothing but mm-hmm. yeah big bigger than a studio apartment at least like what it was when i had just the first one yeah cool. so, so so did you have all of these like handyman type skills when you decided to do this or were you absolutely learning along not. your way <laughs> absolutely not like negative like actually the farthest thing away I, I didn't even know how to paint a wall before i started this thing so it's like oh. I mean, that's kind of the real thing that like taught me a lot. It was like trial and error. It's like, I would do something. I was like, this looks horrible. And then I would like stop. And then like, the good thing is like, I do have like a lot of friends and family members that are like in contracting businesses and stuff. So like, they really, really helped me out a lot. Like learning how to like hang drywall or learning how to put flooring in or learning how to do like the wiring and stuff. Cause like, I mean, I know like the basic stuff that I needed, like the survivability of stuff. Like, okay, I need heat. I need cooling in the summer i need water so it's like i knew how to do that kind of stuff but like the whole like building a house i i didn't know a single thing at all so it's like but now i feel confident where it's like if i had one that was like based in the same state just an empty shell like i mean i probably couldn't do everything by myself but i could at least like make it livable which is a a cool thing i guess no that's awesome yeah yeah because a lot of people these days don't appreciate how much like 
how much work a lot of those things take. They just it like, does, yeah. yeah. It's insane. Yeah, I was actually talking to a guy. I had a guy yesterday. He was um, because on uh, one of the new cabins, like the siding was like coming off for some reason, and like the guy who like built it, like the exterior, he came out and was like helped me replace the siding. I actually stayed out with there with him to like learn how he did the siding. So like mm-hmm. we did it together, and I was like, dude, I was like, I have like so much respect for you right now. Like it's ninety-seven <laughs> degrees. There's gnats everywhere. And like you're out here helping me with this, so like I I commend you. So anybody who's doing contracting work, like they have some some grit because it's not easy. Yeah, yeah for sure. Like yeah. my dad's an like my dad's an electrician, so like I know Jeez. some of that stuff. And man, it's there's, it's complicated. Yeah, no, it really is. It really yeah. is. And people and just then it's like. like Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say people just get mad when their electricity doesn't work and they yeah. then they complain about how much it costs to send somebody out to fix it and all those. Yeah, it's just, exactly. I it's, won't it's go down effort. that tangent. <laughs> and yeah, and then it's like if you do it wrong, then your house can burn down. So it's yep, like you exactly. don't want it to, to be done wrong. And um, and I would say that's like, guys, like the whole, especially with the off yeah, it's just been a lot of trial and error. Like I know when I first like learned how to put the solar in, like I didn't really understand like how like wattage and amps and like power out but i didn't really understand how a lot of that works so like i bought like this really cheap kit at the start from like harbor freight mm-hmm. and i put it together and i was like, all right we're good and i p- like plugged my fridge in and i went out of town and i came back and like everything i'm like spoiling and like all of me had just like had flies around it and i was like what, what just happened here and it's like yeah the solar just kit, it wasn't it didn't put out the like proper ampage like first mm. like it's again because basically how solar works it's like you have like a big like deep cycle battery that battery is what's powering everything and the solar is like kind of like recharging that battery just on a consistent basis but then it's like the problem is obviously the sun's not out at night so it's mm-hmm. like it has to build up a good amount of charge during the day to put up them enough power through the whole night so it's like i didn't understand how that worked at first and it's like so i bought like a too, a too small of a kid that didn't charge enough during the day and then it's like yeah went bad at night so but now we all figure out now our fridge works everything's good so it's like, yeah, been 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 solid. Even wood stove too. Like I almost burned myself down my first winter here because I didn't know how to <laughs> do that right. So <laughs> it's kind of wild. Well, that sounds no. like a story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For Animal too have been a problem too. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. That could be a whole tangent of its own. Just yeah. <laughs> conflicts and solutions. No, but that's really really cool. That's. I, I I like it when people like see their dreams and then they build their dreams and Me yeah, too. of course you're going to have like struggles along the way, but you, yeah, learn from those exactly. struggles and you get it done. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so one of the big things that we like talking, well, like our main theme of this podcast is getting more people outside. Yeah, I yeah. think a, a very important part of your story is that well since this is an audio kind of podcast i'll say zach is an african-american man Mm -hmm. and most park rangers or people in conservation type fields it's mostly white dudes and there are some white women (laughs) there too so i think it's really important and i would love to hear your take on how important representation for minority groups in these outdoor fields is yeah no i mean i think it's super super important for like minorities to be in these fields just because like I mean, this is kind of what I was saying on, on Corey's uh, story was that like most people like look at these kind of jobs like park rangers, conservation rangers, like forest fighter or like the forest forestry crews, like any of those like type of jobs. They look at those like those are like oh yeah, like a white person job. Like black people shouldn't be out there in the woods like hiking up the side of a mountain rescuing someone. That's this is not something we are deemed that we do. So it's like I think having me like there like that face like people see me and they're like oh yeah you're like a black guy like you have dreadlocks like you're you look like me like you're doing this kind of job like whoa like what's going on here like i can't even tell you how many times like people like of color would come up to the park and they would just like be so astounded that i was there like they'd be like, oh my That's god awesome. like you're the first black park ranger i've ever seen <laughs> and like there'd be people like trying to take pictures of me and stuff and i'm like dude i'm not like some historic treasure or nothing i'm like i'm just here like i just like being outside and i think that you guys should too there's no reason that you should not do it just because of your color or your ethnicity or anything of that nature. So, yeah, I think just having us out there shows everybody else that like, okay, this is something that you guys can do too. And you shouldn't be afraid or like nervous to do it because you don't want to be like judged by whoever. So Mm -hmm. definitely. And we've talked to other, other folks and on other episodes where it's, you can be that person say like a kid comes to the park 
yeah and exactly sees you there as the park ranger and then there's that light in their heads like oh I can do that. I yeah, can be that. Yeah. I can be that mm-hmm. person. So it's always great to have that. You can be the inspiration for exactly. kids or adults. It doesn't have to be kids either. So that's just mm-hmm. really, it's a really great thing. And yeah. I wish we, I wish we had more of it. Yeah, um, no, I agree. And, and I think that's why like having more African-Americans in that field would like change. Cause I mean, at least when I worked for open space, like I was the only African-American in the entire division. Like, so it was like kind of, it was kind of like, cool at times because i was like oh wow like this is i'm really making the culture out and there was other times like it would almost like get demotivating because people would like they they almost sometimes they like stereotype me it's like where they come and they'd ask me like oh like did you like hear about this rapper did you see the new like the most recent basketball game or did you and i was like hold on like why are out of anybody you could have asked in the vision like why are y'all coming to me asking that so it's just like yeah there'd be times where i was like damn like i kind of wish that there was like another after so we, I wouldn't get like singled out to be yeah. like ask stupid questions. So yeah. especially they're, if you're like they're in oh yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say because they're probably not going up to the white the other white the white park ranger next yeah. to you asking those questions. Like, come on. Exactly. Have a little, like, <laughs> exactly. Ugh. Especially during the whole like um I think it was in 2020 when there's the George Floyd and all that uh mm, black yeah. when all that mess was going on, like there were tons of people that were like coming to the park and they're like asking like, oh, how do you feel about this? Or did you support this? Or like, what do you, th- it's like, okay, first of all, like you're coming here to see the mountains. You're not coming yeah. here to talk political mess. Like, I don't want to know. So it's like, I mean, and I'm always down to talk to people about whatever, but there, it would be kind of a lot of times where it's like, yeah, that because I was like an, the, an African-American in that field, like they'd single me out versus like, mm-hmm. yeah, like I said, like the, the white guy sitting next to me, like they wouldn't ask him about like, what does he feel about Black Lives Matter? So yeah. <laughs> yeah, wild. it's, it's unfair to you that all of those questions get directed towards yeah. you. But at the <laughs> yeah. same time, it seems like you kind of took it and, and made the best of it. But, yeah. 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 Exactly. And yeah. I try to, I mean, I just like educating people. It's like, I mean, yeah. I have my views and opinions and I just like telling people how I feel about it. It's not like anything I'm ashamed of or mad or, or mm. anything. It's just like, yeah, I think that that's the biggest thing is like conversations like that need to be had or like had and whatnot. And just, I'm no stranger to be afraid of that. Yeah, that's good. And mm-hmm. since they are talking to you, you could always use those type of conversations to educate them around the area that they're in yeah, too. Cause they're, exactly. they're, they're reaching out, they're talking to the park ranger, like you should yeah. to yeah. Learn, <laughs> and learn how to safely and responsibly recreate in the area you're in. So. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, this kind of, this is a similar thing, but mm-hmm. we, we've talked to, uh, a previous guest Brie about uh mm-hmm. diversity in the outdoors yeah, yeah. Um, and making the outdoors a more equitable and inclusive mm-hmm. place what are yep. some things that just like normal people or i'll throw kyle and i in here like just white dudes that are out now <laughs> how can what can things that people like us can do to make this a more welcoming place because if you just see like a line of white dudes it may it's not the most <laughs> welcoming look sometimes yeah <laughs> I think it's like the number one thing is just, yeah, like just making people feel comfortable. Like, say, like, hello, like, hey, like, yeah. did you see that cool waterfall? Did you see that cool? Because I know, like, at least being from Indiana, like, there'd be times like we go hunting and we'd be way backwoods of Indiana. It's like, yeah, it's primarily like a wide environment. And it's like we come there and people would like just give us like kind of like almost like death stares, like, why are you here? And it wasn't like a like warming feeling, but instead I yeah. think it's like if people if they if we would have like walked into that environment, we were like, and even if like they weren't even saying hello, just like their gestures, like they nod their head or they smile. Body language, just, yeah. Yeah, body language, exactly. And it's just like little things like that, or just like even not even trying to like single people out for like, oh, like because I I know there's been times where like I've worked with other minorities, like people who are from like um like Mexico or people who are from like certain parts of Asia. And then, like, the first thing, like, I'll be on, like, a trail project with, like, another guy. And he'll be like, oh, like, where, what country are you from? And I was like, hey, like, dude, just, I mean, yeah, that's a yeah. cool <laughs> question to ask. Like, I like learning people. But it's like, don't make that person feel like they're any different than you. Yeah. It's just like, you're here to enjoy the mountain. And that's it. Like, you're not here to talk about politics or color mm-hmm. or any of that mess. It's like, we're all originally, like, from nature. So it's like, why not just enjoy it together like we were meant to do, so. I'd say like, yeah, that, and then probably just, um, I guess just educating people about things. I think it's like people, 
especially like a lot of black people, they have such this like stereotype in their head. They're like, oh, if they go in the woods and they're going to get like kidnapped or they're going to get like all these terrible things happening. Then, but instead it's like, there could be just like, let's say like a, a white, a white guy who just like, is like, Hey, like, you know, like, do you know what, the, what this kind of tree is right here? And he can educate like that African-American about that tree. Then it's like that trust gets built right there. Yeah, and then like they that. don't get like nervous about like, oh, like th- this guy just taught me about like this cool tree or this cool like plant or this cool animal. Instead of like, oh, he didn't like take me and try to like drag me in a cave or something ridiculous. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, something, something I would say like that, just building that connection, that like rapport because like, I don't know. I mean, for at the end of the day, I, I, that's why I'm happy that like, I think, that people now are having that sense of like, okay, we can learn about any culture anytime we want. Like we can type it mm-hmm. on our phone. We can fly here mm-hmm. because it's not like we're living in the 1800s. You have to take a mm-hmm. ship like for five months to get anywhere. It's like, you can actually travel and see these places and see these cultures and then like express like your views and their views and connect. So it's, it's a cool thing. Yeah. That's great. No, I like yeah. that. That's a really, that's really good, really good insight. Thanks. Thanks. Hopefully it was enough. <laughs> no. no, everybody's got to start somewhere. And it like, if yeah. you want to sum that down, it's just like, be welcoming, be nice to people yeah. say, Hey, like, yeah, it's as simple exactly. as that. Right. Yeah. You'd, you'd be surprised how much of like a smile and a wave it does on a trail versus like somebody mean mugging, looking at you. Yeah. Cause it's like, you're already in the woods and it's like, there's somebody mean mugging you. It's like, you might be like, okay, this, what is this dude up to? So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's what we're learning is that, we've done these episodes and we've talked to different people regardless of race, gender, sexual orientation, whatever. Um, The foundation to uh, inclusion starts with the greeting. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just a simple, hi, hello, how are you Mm -hmm. doing? Mm -hmm. And to tie it back to Twerk's project, you know, it's that we're all human and just yeah. treat people as humans. And you exactly. start with the greeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And even kind of reversing it from there, it's like, let's say I see like another like African-American on the trail or like another minority. It's like making them feel like this is not out of the ordinary for you guys. Like, cause like, I, yeah. I, that's kind of what I talked about in the podcast was that like, I mean, black people spend more time outside and inside. Like we were like hunters and gatherers and, mm-hmm. um, map finders we we did a lot of stuff like in our culture and then like but i I don't and i kind of know where that trailed away I, I would say like a lot of like the like just discrimination or like the slavery or just all these different things that kind of trailed like i think black people away from like being outdoors being in the woods or being like remote or off-grid or any of that kind of stuff so i think it's just like let's say i see another black person on trail like or if they want or if they're interested in going like hey like showing them that like that's okay like it's a safe place like we were out here bored and we were like yeah. like i don't know in a rap studio doing whatever so it's like, yeah you gotta you just gotta show them that like there, there's cool stuff like i'd rather go see some like crazy waterfall and like some mountain then go yeah see like i don't know go to the club and drink or whatever so it's like yeah you just gotta show them like there's these cool things out there and the only way for you to see them is to go out there like you can't be like yeah. afraid no, and it all starts with maybe just seeing someone that looks like them that are out 100%. there doing it. So, yeah, 100%. Exactly. So you definitely did a lot, a lot of good, for sure. I've tried. You <laughs> definitely tried. I'm actually trying to currently get back into it, so it's like we're going to see what happens. Hey, mm-hmm. I'd love to see it, for Likely, sure. Yeah, me, me too. We'll see what happens. <laughs> all right. Kyle, do you have any other questions before I go into my my favorite questions? I do not. All right. So I ask these questions of everybody. Yep. And this doesn't have to necessarily be in your park ranger work. This can be, and you can kind of answer it however you want. But what is your biggest outdoor mistake? Jeez. Uh, I guess what isn't my biggest outdoor? I made a lot of them, but <laughs> I'd say number one is like, because I, I think I was mentioning earlier, it's like I really, really like dirt biking and four wheeling. I'd say biggest outdoor mistake is not wearing a helmet on a trail mm. is because, yeah, like there's been so many times, like I, I, I'll just tell one quick story when I was in Angel Fire, which is like a small town up in Northern New Mexico. Yep. I was like riding on a trail and I didn't have a helmet on. And like, I hit a cattle guard, like the things on the ground to keep mm. the cattle from moving. 
Yeah. And my wheel got stuck in it and flung me off the bike and I hit my steel my face on the steel of the cattle guard and knocked myself out, gave myself Ooh. a concussion. Like it, it was it was bad. So and then there was multiple times of me just getting really, really bad accidents. I mean, because when you're on a trail like or anywhere like I guess on a four-wheeler or a dirt bike it's like you hit that ground and you, like if it's dirt or rock like that's just as bad as hitting concrete so mm. i'll say that's probably biggest number one outdoor mistake is not wearing a helmet while four-wheeling or biking or dirt any of that anything on wheels on dirt should be wearing mm. a helmet that's good yeah i, yeah. I went down <laughs> I agree to that i yeah. was wearing a helmet i mean i went down oh. <laughs> said, yeah that's God, just please. part of it but uh Jeez. i remember sliding across the blacktop and looking back and going, wow, the coefficient of friction is really <laughs> low for asphalt when you're going fast enough. Because yeah. I just kept sliding and I was like, wow. <laughs> and, then, and then the next question I was asked uh, was, <laughs> well, what did you do whenever you got up? Did you do like the family guy going? <sighs> and I was like, actually, I did. I got up because it's it just instantaneously burns. If you've ever had the terrible and it's just like it almost it's like it starts hitting worse after like the next day like it's just that once mm. it's like that pain settles it's like god like, i really messed myself up yeah. and back teen with lidocaine is a lie that is <laughs> it <laughs> that hurts worse yeah 100 <laughs> percent this regular back teen i mean it was like <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah no there's nothing fun about falling on the ground it's almost like no. that's the one moment you wish that gravity didn't exist yep no yeah that's one of those things i've completely ingrained in my kids anytime they get on any like bike scooter yep. like even, they don't have skateboards but if they, if they ever get skateboards it's like no kids 100 yeah. percent i'm helmet like nope yeah. Definitely. I I want to limit our hospital visits, please. They are not cheap. <laughs> no, they no are not. for sure. But okay, you know that was that was that's a great that's a great mistake. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I said, no. there's lots of them, but that's definitely one I would recommend for anybody. That's good. Like, yeah, and I asked that because it's to show that everybody's human. Everybody makes mistakes. Like exactly, I've almost died multiple times for really dumb things. So. <laughs> But, That's all I'm saying. Uh, but yeah, my uh, my other question is just kind of a catch-all. So it's so is there a question we should be asking you? Is there like sub subject you want to talk about that I just completely missed when I was putting some questions together, or did we do a good job? That kind of thing. I mean, no, I think we definitely did a good job. I mean, let's see, Rick. I can't really think of too many things that to ask. I guess like maybe like what is somebody's favorite outdoor space or something i, I don't know that's the only thing i could think besides that i think everything else is vast <laughs> what's your favorite outdoor space <laughs> you see that's what i'm saying like a, a hard i guess it's a hard question because it's a hard answer there's so yeah. many different ones but i would say probably like so i went diving actually in this place in south carolina called barracuda reef and mm-hmm. it was like super cool and it's like um it's about probably 10 miles off the coast and you dive down and there's just like, it's like this artificial like reef essentially. And it's like, I, I still haven't got a chance. And I'm sure my opinion will change once I dive in a real reef, but it's like, I dove in this artificial reef and it's like just the amount of life that was there. Like there were like stingrays, um, there were sea turtles. There were like, just there's big, like, I think they were called, um, what are they called? They're like, a, geez, like a guitar fish, I think is what they're called. And there's, there's just, like, all these crazy animals that are, like, all around. There's, like, and it's called Barracuda Reef because, like, there's barracudas that are just, like, circling all over the place, too, which is kind of scary. But yeah, the terrifying. water was, like, super – yeah, the water was super clear. <laughs> yeah, it was it was scary. When I first got in the water, I was, like, I'm not getting in there, but this is too much. <laughs> and I got out, and then it's, like, the captain on the boat, he's, like, oh, they do, like, these these barracudas, they don't bother anybody. Just it's whatever. Just don't mess with them. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's lying, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, well, that's real convincing. It's like, no, in my luck, I'd be the one to get my like leg like torn off or something oh, by man. one. But, but yeah, no, I mean that that place was just like, just it it just felt unworldly. Well, and I think it's time to bring it home. So, uh, right Zach, on. You, you want to plug yourself, social media stuff, or actually, if you have any friends stuff you want to plug, you can plug that too. Yeah, yeah. So of course, so um. 
my Instagram is the first Black Bandit. So it's the first and an underscore Black Bandit. If you want to see what I'm doing in my life in Rio Rancho, New Mexico, which that's also the thing if you're in New Mexico, like, I mean, obviously we're in a big state. So if you're six hours away, like at the very bottom of the state, I might not be able to see you. But if you're anywhere in Rio Rancho, Albuquerque, Espanol, within like the hour to two range, like I'm, let me know and I'm down to, down to come see whoever wants to come on out here. And uh, let's see, Facebook, you type in Zach Darden, you'll find me. And yeah, I actually am working on a new thing, which actually is kind of an old slash new. I have a TikTok that's called Nature's Auntie. So I used to walk around like a bonnet and I would like pretend to be an aunt and I like teach people about nature. That's but cool. now I'm kind of incorporating that to like teaching people about off grid. So I've been like, like being nature's auntie, create, say, teaching people about, yeah, how to live off grid, like how to purchase land, like the things to look for, things to like, um, I don't know, like avoid. So yeah, yeah, check out nature's auntie on TikTok and you, you will find me. Awesome. Yeah. And I'll, I'll uh, link both of those in the show no- or all of that in the show notes. Right on. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So I'll just do all my regular stuff to kind of close this out. But yeah, if, if anybody wants support, to support the podcast, you can rate us five stars on your podcast platform of choice. I think the best ones are Apple and Spotify, I think does it allows you to rate now. Um, the podcast Instagram is at mere mortal pod. I need to post more on there and I will get on doing it. <laughs> but uh, if you have any comments, questions, or just want to say, Hey, you can email the podcast at adventuring for mere mortals at gmail.com. Um, my personal Instagram is at Trevor Bowman, two L's, two N's. Kyle has no social media presence whatsoever. I think he's just doing it to annoy me now, but, um, but you can just keep waving at people that look like a Kyle. I mean, he's instrumental PA, but you can, he's, he's all over. So you can just wave at people that look like Kyle all over. Um, I mean, pretzel was waving at people in Montana. Yeah, that's right. right? (laughs) Oh, and also the show, we do have a discord channel. So if that's your thing, uh, the link to join that is in the show notes. And with that, um, Zach, thanks so much for coming on. This is a really great conversation. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. And yeah, so I guess we'll just talk to everybody next month. We'll talk to y'all later. Yep. See you Bye. later. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been great.